0: Hello and happy Friday. This is the after party for should I wish someone told me the episode that we did this week is episode 62, where we dived in to answer the question, are you addicted to a previous version of yourself? Coach Josh Brittenell and enjoyed me in, (laughs) in, uh, accompanied me. I'm like, what is the word I'm looking for here? It's Friday, and I am failing the English language. Um, joined me for this conversation, and so uh, we are about that episode and give you a recap, share what you had to say this week in the poll results about the topic, and then from there, we are going to get to know Josh a little bit better, um, and yeah, it should be a good time. Hello, sir. How are you doing?
1: Hello. Happy Friday. I'm doing well.
0: Happy Friday. Hey, Darius is in the house. How you doing? How you doing? So I don't know if you heard, but I just explained what we're doing, why we're here. Um, and so shall we just dive right in?
1: Let's dive right in. Oh, wait, I can't I can't hear you over the crowd of fans that are just so excited for your live after party. Um, say that again.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. There's a lot of y'all here, so hello. Um, let's definitely have a happy Friday. We're going to make this a lot of fun. Josh has already like kicked us off with that. Um, you don't have to keep it clean. The episode is called, you know, shit. I wish someone told me, but you do have to keep it kind. So be nice. Be nice. Um, but yeah, uh, this is going to be fun. We have questions that you asked about this topic and there's been some interest in the DMs. And so if there is anything that comes up while you're on this conversation, please do let us know. We are here. We can talk to you, you know, screen to, to text. Um, if you want, you can even pop on with us if you're feeling frisky. And if you want, you can either enter your question into the chat or you can use the handy dandy little, a little word bubble with a question mark so we can put your question up on the screen so everybody can see it. So, yeah, thank you for that. It's good to... It's good to be here with you and see your face. And so, um, yeah, let's dive in. So would you please, for us, just briefly touch on like a Cliff Notes version of what we spoke about in this week's episode?
1: Yeah, um, this idea of being addicted to a past version of yourself. Um, So believe it or not, we can get addicted to... The chemicals in our brain that don't feel so good just as easily as we can get addicted to the ones that do feel good. So uh, we can easily get addicted to imagine you know be addicted to dopamine. that's easy. Um, but if you uh, have patterns in your life that produce a certain uh, set of chemicals that result in you know an anxious version of you or a depressed version of you, you can just as easily get addicted to those chemical sets basically the gist of of our uh, our podcast uh we went into that yeah. details on. That.
0: and one of the things that you know we spoke about when we were thinking about how to present it to everyone is you know how do we really you know articulate what we're getting at here and you know what we spoke about we kind of went back and forth and like are we talking like strictly self-sabotage or Like that's, that's, we touch on that. Like, are we talking about getting stuck? And so I really like the, the title that we went with about, you know, are you addicted? Because we really do look at the science behind how your body, like you shared, becomes addicted to whatever our version is of normal that we have come to expect based on our lived experience. And so we talk about, you know, that part of it, because I think so many times when we think of these concepts and from my experience in coaching, and I want to hear yours, But when we think of these concepts, it's something where, you know, it's like, well, I self sabotage. Well, you know, I just, you know, can't get out of my own way. Well, I just, I feel really stuck. and I don't know why. And we try to use all these practical like hacks and like solutions and like timers and like, you know, affirmations and things like that, that we're, we're sold as being the cure for what ails us when in reality, It's an adaptive behavior oftentimes that served us at some point and that we are like we share in the episode, literally addicted to because that is our body's version of what's normal. And so when those chemicals are no longer present and we dive into this, into the episode, it's something where our body creates a circumstance to bring those chemicals back because that's what our body believes to be equilibrium. And so, um, yeah, I really like that we went with that topic because I feel like it, it really like goes straight to the core of this is why.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Because that's a big part that like, like you were asking, you know, what's my experience with, with coaching. That's a, a big part of this is um, understanding why you've formed the identity of your, of yourself that you have formed so that you can then uh, take action. Action towards creating the changes that you're looking to change. If you don't really understand that and you're just using the tools that you're sort of sold, if you're reading the self help books, I know, Johnny, you've put out a lot of great um, content out there about why self help doesn't always work for you, right? Um, it, it, that's why. It's because just uh, doing the things that you're told to do will not necessarily be enough uh, if you don't understand. W- w- what it is that you've created in your life, why you've created it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, do we want an example, a quick example? If you have, uh,
0: we have sure, a yeah. someone asked a question, so yeah, if you wanna share a quick example, just so we can kind of put it into practice and then, yeah, we can answer the question that we have.
1: Yeah, um, so uh, I see this one a lot, This this idea where, oh, I'm not good in relationships mm-hmm. or, Maybe I'm not meant to be in a relationship. Why can't I? So, so what you're doing right there? I I
0: only attract toxic people, or something like
1: that. Yeah, those kinds of beliefs, right? We see we see this um, in the online dating world. Now it's it's all over the place, and an easy uh, identity to to form around yourself, right? Just because we take our experiences, we take what we know, and we begin to form an identity around it. Now, what that identity is often doing. Is protecting you from some underlying fear, like a fear of rejection or a fear of not being enough, right? So we create a uh, a victim identity yep. that is protecting us from feeling or experiencing that that fear, that really experiencing that discomfort. Um, and over time, we become addicted to that. Uh, identity that we create the particular uh again set of chemicals the the biochemistry that comes with that even if it doesn't feel good to consider yourself someone who's you know not bad in relationships um next failed relationship you have or next bad date you have uh and it doesn't feel bad you're gonna have that have you ever had this that sense of here i am again you know uh, I knew this was the case. I knew this was going to happen, right? And the more you do that uh, for yourself, the more you're going to get reinforced that, that victim idea, that belief. So until you really understand what's happening there behind the curtain, uh, it's going to be very difficult for you to create changes in your life in, in areas uh, like that, wherever you're identifying uh, with identities that aren't serving you or, or uh, identifying with victimhood.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that example, because I definitely feel that that's one we can all relate to. And I think that um, to your point, yeah, it's it's like that is exactly like it, right? Like we think that like, oh, well, I just can't do this thing. And it's like, no, like that's what you know to be normal. So whenever you find yourself in other relationships, it's like, oh, well, there's no chemistry there. Well, that could mean that there's no like stress response because that thing that you're considering chemistry is actually your your body trying to tell you like hey red flag (laughs) like (laughs) get out but we've just been told that like we should go for the butterflies and that kind of a thing so yeah it's it's something where if you don't know then you can get in the position where it's like you feel helpless you feel really disempowered and helpless and so yeah thank you for sharing that uh let's talk about this question we have here so can you have withdrawal from the previous version of yourself Oh, do you want to
1: take this first? I love this question. Um, I want to jump all over it, but
0: <laughs> thank you for it. Like
1: that—that's okay. a good one.
0: That's a good one. Darius always has great questions.
1: Yeah, um, that is what we call self sabotage. So yes, you you can experience a sort of withdrawal from the previous version of yourself, just like any addiction. Um, and what that looks like is even if you are making positive changes in your life that you want to be making. Um, and I've got lots of personal experiences with this stories with this, even when you're taking those steps forward and you're leaving behind, uh, that old identity that you have that may not even serve you anymore. Um, you're going to have moments where you feel out of place or not like yourself or, um, um even like you 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 miss the thing that that you left behind right so we see this all the time a great example with this is with uh with weight loss right there's the the common uh scenario of i'm subscribing to a new diet or a weight loss program and uh i'm getting results right and and so you stick with it you you get results to a point and then you eventually snap back into your old way of being because it feels comfortable. It feels good. Right? So this is it at the heart of it. Change feels uncomfortable. It feels scary um, because to the mind change is threatening to you. It's unknown territory. Right? So, um, So yes, absolutely. You you will experience that withdrawal. Uh, Often it leads to self sabotage, Um, and I'll let you go and add to that. Maybe before we talk about how to how to address that, we can speak to that.
0: Thank you. One of the things that you shared a few months ago is that you know when we are uncomfortable, that is indicative that like we are in we are we're presented with the opportunity to change and so i think that that is brilliant and true because um yeah like we were built for comfort as humans right like if we were uncomfortable like that that is us you know our body's telling you like hey like be careful because back in the day if we were uncomfortable that typically meant like we were going we we're going to die and so it is something where now we have all these you know luxuries and like these securities and these safeties and these things that like our baseline for what comfort is, has been raised. And so when we are in this position where, getting off topic from the um, question here, which is, you know, can you have withdrawal from that? Yes. And because when you are in a position where you are this new version of yourself, right? Like whenever you are becoming like, who it is you wanna be, like you've read the books, I've like done the things, like you're working with someone, you don't know that person, right? Like, we know this old previous version of yourself. And so, like Josh said, it can be something where it's like, well, that's that's familiar, that's comfy, cozy. Even if I know consciously that's not necessarily what I want, it's still what I know to be, you know, that that's that's who I'm familiar with. It's kind of like going on a date with a stranger, right? Like, you... you've seen their photos like on the dating apps and like, you know them, but like, it's still kind of uncomfortable because like, you don't really know them. And I think that that's a way that we can look at, you know, whenever we start to do the work, so to speak and become this new version of yourself. It's like, I don't really know this person. Like I want to have fun. They seem like a great person. And at the same time, you know, I can enjoy this and like, it is fun, but like, I mean, this isn't, this isn't like my best friend or this isn't like someone that you feel really comfortable with. And so that's like one way to look at it. And I love that you mentioned that it can be a situation where we go into self-sabotage because oftentimes as a way to get back to that comfortable version of ourselves, we will do things to create those sensations and those feelings of normalcy. And so it's something where, um, it's not that necessarily like we have certain problems, like we have certain toxic behaviors, maybe true, yes, but those are, like we talked about, those are solutions to something else. And so it's a matter of recognizing what that, like you said, is solving for, how that behavior or that trait is helping you in another way so that you can learn more effective coping techniques that are healthier, that are better for you, that are going to serve you in the long run, that are going to create those feelings of safety. Because if you don't yeah. know, what safety and security and success and all these things that you won't feel like, if you don't know what it feels like to be wealthy, whether we're talking about, you know, financially or like in relationships with, you know, personal, um, you know, experiences, if you don't know what that feels like, then yeah, if you start to suddenly experience those things, it's like, whoa, 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 I know I want this, but hold on, like, I don't know that person, can I trust them?
1: you got to develop that trust, yeah.
0: is whip out a knife and stab me like mm, yeah it looks good on paper but I don't know so yeah absolutely we can go into withdrawal so yeah thank you for that question um and I would to relate it back to what I'm saying about like being comfortable it's something where um we you know we whenever we feel discomfort shy away from it because we're conditioned to do so and so it's something where reframing that if it's you know, something that's unknown, then that's an opportunity. Doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It means that you have an opportunity to see if this is going to be something different and then to decide whether or not you like that based on what happens with that outcome. That's going to give you contrast between like something that you may like, that you may not like. And so therefore you will be able to leverage that knowledge and make more empowered decisions moving forward. And so yeah, Joe says, I know the feeling. Music of my life is absolutely right. Thank you. Yes, awesome. So. Um, Do you have anything else to add or what else did you want to
1: dive into? Well, this is exactly why change doesn't happen overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Because the the whole process is part of expanding and developing your relationship with yourself. Your journey of growth and your journey of healing is all about teaching yourself about this new version of yourself. So in a sense, uh, I like to imagine sort of bringing bringing the past version of yourself a little bit along for the ride, right? Step-by-step step. And, and imagine showing them, right? This is, this is what it feels like. Let's get curious about what this new experience is in my life. Right. And understand it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but the more safety you create for yourself around you, the changes that you're making, yeah. um, the more successful you will be, the less you will self sabotage.
0: Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Something that a client said to me recently, they arrived at this point where they were like, Oh, it suddenly clicked. Right? Like it all makes sense now. And, um, exactly what you said. They were like, this feels like so weird, but at the same time really familiar. And I'm like, well, that's because we've been doing things in our time together since we've been, you know, coaching and working together, where I've been asking those questions, like what would it feel like to be successful in this way? What would it look like to have this kind of a, an experience? And so they've already been priming their brain to start to consider what that would look and feel like. So then when it happens, you don't freak out. And like, you know, beyond anxiety, Darius asked, like go through withdrawals and start to, you know, self-sabotage or step back. You can sit in it because you're like, Oh, this is that thing that I've been wanting. And while you know, I've read about it, I've thought about it, you know, it's kind of like reading the book and then watching the movie, or like reading a lesson and then actually like doing the practical, right? It's like, Oh, now it makes sense, like the two are together, and that's how we start to like rebuild those neural pathways or create new neural pathways of these new experiences. And so, yeah, it's exactly what you said, it's something where when we have done kind of like the priming, if you will, to consider what it's gonna be like. It's not like, whoa, this is weird. Like, I've never been here before. Like, I, I need to like step back. It's something where you kind of have this moment of reckoning where you're like, oh, this is what we've been preparing for. This is new because I this is the first time I've experienced it, but also it's so familiar because this is what we've been practicing for. Like, this is what we do like in coaching. This is what we do in training, right? So yeah, I think that is great. I'm going to go ahead and like exit the question. Cool. So one of the things that we did that we do every week is pull you all on what you had to say on this topic. And so um, the first question that we asked you this week was simply, have you ever felt stuck? And we gave you the options of yes, no, or perpetually, every day feels like Groundhog Day. Um, Did you see the results?
1: Yeah, 0% said no. (laughs)
0: 0% y'all, that means 100% of the respondents said yes, at some point or another, you have felt stuck and so uh it was actually 83% that said yes and 17% that said perpetually every day is groundhog day were you surprised by this
1: uh, you know i um i expected more people to say perpetually every day is groundhog day i think that's a really common feeling it's it's the idea of getting stuck in a rut mm-hmm. um so i a little surprised not really surprised that we had such overwhelming uh yes responses though to and, and nobody answered no like that makes sense we've all felt stuck right We, you can't get through life i don't think without ever experiencing that so so good job thanks for your honesty yeah
0: thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability because i was expecting at least someone to be like no nah, that ain't me you know i've cool. never
1: been stuck in life
0: right i mean, be- <laughs> At least like one person, yeah, no one, so kudos to you all for your self awareness, and thank you, yeah, for your vulnerability. when it came to where you get stuck, since a hundred percent of us have felt stuck at some point or another, and you know, like Josh and I shared, that's just being human, right, like this is how we build resilience, like we we encounter opportunities to grow, if we feel like we're stuck, we figure it out, oh, we can do a little bit more next time we can we can make a little bit more you know, change in that way. And so when we asked where you get stuck at, we gave you the options of relationships, like Josh gave us in that example, health, wellness, and fitness goals, because we all know the diet industry is like a billion-dollar industry, like it's crazy. Um, And then we also gave the option of career or finance. And then we gave the option of all of the above. So survey said 67%, the majority, said that they have they get stuck in all of the above. So relationships, health, wellness, uh, and fitness goals, and then career and finances. The runner-up was just wellness and fitness goals. I was not surprised by that. And then relationships at 11%. No one said specifically career and finance, which I thought was interesting. It was either all of the above, or these other two things. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have that that coaching um, phrase: "How you do one thing is how you do everything," right? And so, not not surprising that um, all of the above is an overwhelming response. Right. Um, and then, health and wellness being a runner-up for sure because. It's almost the industry has created so many um, so many partial solutions uh, or a little like they sell you on on all these diets and and unsustainable solutions so um, I, I feel like the industry itself sets you up to get stuck yes. um, so so we we've all we've all been there I, I know I've, I've navigated that for for a few years um, before I was learned how to <laughs> learn how to figure that out, yeah, get through that maze, yeah. um, and then relationships. Yeah, it's like the world of online dating in a way. It's uh, uh, it's easy to perceive that we're stuck because, of course, you're going to get you're going to have more negative or quote unquote failure experiences before you have. Uh, clarity on exactly what you want, or or before you click into what you want. There's more people out there who are not for you, than there are people who are for you. Right? So that's true. I think the math checks out.
0: (laughs) I'm not a mathematician, but (laughs) my take on this, I wasn't surprised it was all of the above. And yeah, kind of the same in how we do everything. Or how we do one thing is how we do, and how we do anything is how we do everything. I don't know why that is so challenging for me. It's Friday, my brain is like, would you want us to do what now? Um, so I, yeah, was not surprised. And I thought it was interesting that anyone clearly that said all of the above went to like finance and career like as inclusive of that. Um, and I think that that goes back to our basic needs, right? We need to have like shelter and safety and so I think that before you know we can even consider like these other needs when it comes to like relationship and I would say health and wellness and fitness because I think when we think of that we think of more like dietary like aesthetics type of a situation is what I'm assuming that this the response was um because we I meant like overall health but I wasn't specific on that and so I'm wondering if that was like misconstrued and that's my bad if so, on my part, but like, I'm wondering, so I say that again, just to, to speak to the fact that like, I find it telling that, yeah, like if career is one then like all the rest are the other, because no one said it was like just career. Um, and so yeah, how are we doing things? How we do everything? We need to get those basic needs met first. We need to have shelter. We need to like have the, you know, food and water before we can start to experience these other things. So that was not surprising to me. The health and wellness, fitness goals. I mean, like you said, like, that's what kind of brought you into this arena and hashtag same, like the reason that I'm here before you today is because I wanted to change the way that my body looked. And so I started trying, you know, workout situations. Um, and fortunately I was able to get into something that revolutionized the way that I think, um, and brought me here today. And yeah, for relationships, Uh, It sounded like I was about to go into, like, uh, those people that, like, televangelists, no, the the people that knock on your door. It sounded like I was about to be like, here's some (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. It changed my life. Uh, But no, it did. Functional fitness, people know that. So the relationship part. I was kind of surprised that more people didn't say relationships because I feel that, like, that was your first example. I feel like that's something that a lot of people do feel stuck with especially like today, like when online dating and like you have to worry about you know, COVID and everything else like as we get older. And so I was surprised that more people didn't say relationships. I'm thinking in a strictly like dating capacity, but also I think that like we've had conversations about people who have social anxiety. And so I was surprised that, you know, romantic, platonic, familial, like whatever, I was surprised more people didn't say relationship. For the health and wellness, yeah, like I said, that's how we got here. And I feel that society kind of, you know, gives us the the problem and the solution. It's like, you need to look this way. And then it's like, here's how to do it. And so, yeah, I wasn't surprised by that one. But, yeah. The next one was a fun one. I mean, I think they're, they're all fun. But the next one was, so fill in the blank or complete the following sentence. My toxic trait is, we got some answers. Are you ready for them?
1: self sabotage, yeah.
0: which I was like, <laughs> little sense, right? Uh, when my depression kicks in, I immediately push all those that want to help away. I felt that one in my being. Because I used to do the same and I still catch myself like doing the same. So yeah, um, it's because we feel safe being alone if we remove the variables. And so if there are less people around, if we push them away, then chances are we will able to control the outcome a little bit better. And also, um, this is what Josh actually helped me realize so, Coach Josh over here helped me to realize that um, I have an expectation of being disappointed. And so, in order to prevent that from happening, I just push people away. Because if you're not ever here, you can't, you can't let me down. <laughs> so, I'm just going to push you away. We also got another person that said my toxic trait is that they read something that says, you know, death by a thousand nitpicks. I wouldn't say a thousand. So, taking that to mean that, like, they're very nitpicky. Um, Someone else said, loving and trusting people too hard and late-night Amazon shopping. Whew, everybody. uh, I can be controlling, which, I mean, kudos to your self-awareness, because that's not something that's um, easy to say, I don't think. I don't want to speak for anyone, but I feel like that can be something that's easy to, like a tough pill to swallow. And then someone else said, my toxic trait is comparing myself to others. So what did you think of these?
1: i think great self-awareness and kudos to the vulnerability here um and yeah this is good stuff these are um these are really great places to to be aware just number one be aware of that's in and of itself that's huge but then if you really want to do something you these are um, excellent places to look at creating uh, massive healing and growth because what these toxic traits will do in your life is they're going to continue to play out. Uh, they're going to create pattern, behavioral patterns, and if we were having a coaching conversation, probably what we'd see is you setting a goal for yourself, and I would ask you, uh, oh, "And what's getting in the way of you achieving this goal, or what's gotten in the way in the past?" And that's when a story will come out and that story is probably uh, a story that validates the toxic trait, right? Okay. you probably got a better example. No. (laughs) Okay.
0: Proposal for you. So you want me to pick one of these and you can like do a little live coaching because I said that I resonated with one so I can go with that one. Do you want to do that to give like a real time example?
1: We can, we can do it. Yeah, sure.
0: Right. Cool. So, uh, coaching session, we'll do like a little mini like insight, like peek behind the curtains here. So my toxic trait is, and I'm just going to read this one as if it were me. When my depression kicks in, I immediately push all those that want to help away. So you said first question you would ask would be, um, I'll let you you take that. Away. Yeah.
1: So, okay. So if we were setting goals in your life, um, so this story is going to, is going to play out. In, in some some way as an example um so if you came to me and said this is my toxic trait i may not we may not <laughs> may not be having a goals discussion so we can we can do this a few ways um, we can just un, unpack this a little bit so when you tell me uh okay so depression kicks in and uh i immediately push those that want to help away so what is it that you might be protecting yourself from when you push people away
0: I would say further hurt disappointment um more pain is what I would say I think that typically when and again like I'm speaking from my experience, so I don't want anyone listening to think that like, I am taking what this person said, from my experience, I push people away, because it's like a, I don't know what to do. And so the best thing that I know to do in that case is just to be alone. Because that is going to that I know, will keep me at least as good as I am right now. And I can deal with that. And I know because I'm dealing with it like in the moment.
1: Okay, and so if you were to um, to let people in and shift this, this behavior, so now you're feeling depressed and you're open and vulnerable about it, um, what scares you the most about that idea?
0: I think affirming the belief that I am unlovable and that affirming the belief that I do like deserve to be alone and that no one wants to be around me.
1: So is it, is it true that you are unlovable? No. And that nobody wants to be around you. I mean, I would hope not,
0: <laughs> but that I believe whenever I, and I'm able to say this because, like, I've done a lot of work. But, yeah, at the time when I would do this kind of thing um, and push people away, yeah, it was that I was already in so much pain. I was like, I, I can't do any more right now. And so, um, yeah, I would push people away. And, you know, I wouldn't have the awareness to ask questions like that. But to answer your question, like, is that true? No. Like, I know that I have people who care about me and, um it's something that isn't a uh, I mean it's a legitimate belief it's legitimate like feeling but it's not really a rational one if that makes
1: sense yeah okay and and so this this is a great example of being addicted to a particular chemistry because if you look if you look at this just want to invite people to zoom out a little bit you look at Um, The reasoning here, I won't let people get close to me when I feel depressed because I'm afraid that my vulnerability is going to uh, affirm this belief that I'm not lovable. But by pushing people away, you're kind of setting up a story um, that will validate the belief that you're not lovable.
0: Self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: Right? So, So you're creating that particular chemistry. You're creating this experience of um uh I'm not lovable, stay away from me. And that's giving you that um that fix of whatever those chemicals are that uh that are undesirable but they're comfortable, right? So it allows you to feel this is it's yeah you can feel like a victim, you can feel sorry for yourself. So until you break that, um, that pattern, or don't have aware, if you don't have awareness of it, you're gonna continue to validate it, right? And so uh, what we'd wanna do is look at uh, just getting curious, get behind that curtain, get curious about like, what would it be like? How would, number one, uh, how will you know if you're unlovable? Right, and that's one best one that you could answer right now, or we could this could take a whole hour if, <laughs> if we did it, but how how would you know if you're unlovable? what would that look like and and then what would it look like if you were to allow yourself to be vulnerable in in the moment right what what might happen right, and then just becoming curious about experiencing that, just allowing yourself to to think about all of the possibilities rather than just the one possibility, like this is going to fail. This is going to backfire in my face. I'm, I'm definitely going to be rejected. No, you open yourself up to what might happen, right? What kinds of outcomes uh, are possible here?
0: Yeah. And thank you for doing that. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I wanted to give like a real time, like unprompted, like unrehearsed example of like real life because we go to these sessions and I don't mean these like coaching sessions. I mean like therapy sessions, like coaching sessions. And, you know, we can have these awesome conversations. And at the same time, it's something where um, it's important that you know how to like do these things whenever the therapist or your coach or whomever it is, isn't there. And it's important that you like see this applied in real time so that when you are depressed and your depression does kick in and you're wanting to push people away, you have the awareness to, So obviously self-aware, awareness is the first step. You got that part, right? Like these are, like Josh said, great awarenesses. So that you now have the, you know, knowledge to say, okay, like, what would it mean? Like, how how would I know that I wasn't lovable? Like to ask those questions and then like um, to really start to get curious about that. And that is some shit that I wish someone would have told me instead so that I could, so I could do that instead. The I I mean, a lot of people know I would just drink to numb. And so um, this is what we mean when we say like more effective coping mechanisms, learning to ask yourself questions like this, learning to, like you said, and like we demonstrated to get to the root of that belief, because, yeah, it's something where we want to be right, our brains want to be right as humans. And so we are going to seek out opportunities that prove for us to be right. We're gonna push people away. We're going to be a dick. We're gonna be like combative and defensive so that people are like, ooh God, because I'm gonna tell you some other shit which someone told me. Most people don't have the tools to recognize when you are doing those things because that's part of, you know, you not knowing how to cope. Like there's a bunch of you know, hurt people walking around right now and most of the people that are walking around don't recognize like, oh, well, they're doing this because they're actually depressed and they actually probably fear, you know, rejection or they feel unlovable and, you know, they're addicted to those chemicals. Most people don't know this shit. And so it's something where most people will step away and therefore your belief will be confirmed. And so, yeah, thank you for those questions um, and for doing that with me because I hope that that helps someone if not everyone that is listening to this and finds their way to it. So, yeah. Um, Do you have anything else to say on what people share their toxic traits were?
1: No, no. Um, I think we've, I think we've said it.
0: Yeah. I think we talked about those. We did have two questions because we also asked what are questions that you have about getting your own way and Um, Two questions that came up for this conversation today. Um, How do I regain my self-trust and comparing yourself to others to improve yourself? Is it such a bad thing? Uh, Let's take it from the top. How do I regain my self-trust? What would you have to say?
1: Yeah, uh, the number two things to really focus on, practice and curiosity. Those are my buzzwords for this subject. So, uh, self trust is something that you build. Trust is about practicing or demonstrating, showing yourself that um, that that you can believe that that there's consistency in 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 whatever it is that you're you're trying to build the trust in. Right. So, if you imagine. Like a foundation under your feet, and one day you fall through that floor, right? And then next morning you wake up and you're going to step on the floor. (laughs) You might question whether or not you can trust uh, the flooring in your house, right? So, um, in order to regain that trust in the foundation that you have under your feet, it's going to take several experiences it's taken this much in your life to to begin to to trust the the ground under your feet right so it's going to take um that floor holding you up several times before you know that it's actually sturdy and that it's safe Um, so by practicing the the behaviors that uh that you're you're looking to build into your life so i don't know In the context of this question, if you've either either broken trust with yourself or if it's a new type of trust, it doesn't matter. You're going to practice doing the thing and just being curious about the outcome. Just imagine you're taking uh, like a child version of yourself by the hand and saying, look, like it's okay. Let's let's just see what happens. Right. And as you practice doing that over and over again you're going to compile that evidence and that's how you will feel safe and trust in yourself Um, it's all about it's a survival mechanism right self-trust is is just uh, an extension of our survival brain saying is it safe or not
0: i love that practicing and thank you for sharing i would say what I would offer to add to that is, you know, if you are trying to regain your self-trust, um, mean, we could go in on this, but consider where and why you lost it and where you already have a little bit of trust now. So that way you can start to understand like, oh, well, this is the kind of situation that I don't feel so confident in, or I don't really trust myself. And, you know, are there things in this other area where I do feel secure and where I trust myself and where I do feel confident that I can borrow and maybe start to repair that um, loss of self-trust there? Two other things I would offer. First of all, movement. Movement is the quickest way to show your body and your brain that you were in control, whether that be from breathing, like you can do some, some breathing techniques to slow You know, regulate your nervous system, slow your heart rate down. You can do some yoga. I like to throw weights around and listen to Rage Against the Machine, whatever feels true for you. But whenever you move, like that's a physical act. And so that is, you know, something where it's a lot easier for us to move ourselves into a way of being than it is to think ourselves into a way of being. And so it's something where I suggest movement, whatever kind of movement feels safe for you and feels true for you, whether that be sports or like I said, going for a walk and just acknowledging like your ability to put one one foot in front of the other and to keep moving forward. One of the other things that I would suggest is to do the things that you say you're going to do, because if you are someone who, you know, even like little things, if you're someone who's like, oh. I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., but then 6 a.m. comes and you keep, keep hitting the snooze button. Then what you're telling yourself, even though you're like, oh, it's no big deal, you know, what you're telling yourself is you can't even trust. I can't even trust me to wake up on time or to wake up when I say I'm going to. So how can I trust myself to make big decisions about choosing the right life partner, about, you know, taking the right job? about you know doing this, making this right call in parenthood. And so it's something where like, how you do anything is how you do everything. So take those little those little things, the, those little promises that you make to yourself and start not only doing them, like start waking up at 6 a.m., but start celebrating and savoring that you're doing that to remind yourself of all that you accomplished. And also to last note on that, don't set yourself up for failure set yourself up for success and so if you are someone who wakes up at 9 a.m and you're like oh well i hear that it's great to you know do things in the early morning hour this is my like yes i'm going to do it like arm then don't let that get in your head because if you're someone who wakes up at nine and you're like i'm going to start waking up at six tomorrow i'm just going to say it that's dumb that that's dumb that's a three-hour gap like that's way too much that's way too much for a lot of reasons and so instead of going from 9 to 6 maybe you go from 9 to 850 and you might be like that is dumb that is dumb right like that's so stupid yeah it's so stupid easy that how could you not do it <laughs> if you wake up earlier great but as long as you commit to yourself hey this is the promise i'm making at least 850 and you actually do that Then you're going to start to rebuild your self-trust in one way and then you can start to recognize more opportunities that you have to build self-trust in other ways so that is what i have to say on that question
1: love that yeah show yourself that you can do it by setting yourself up for success
0: yes the next question that we have is comparing yourself oh joe says small changes in growing up to those goals yes exactly so Next question we have is, comparing yourself to others to improve yourself. Is it such a bad thing? What do you think?
1: It's a matter of perspective. I think when we look up to others, we have a choice, an opportunity there to to perceive them in, in a few different ways. So are we jealous of, and are we saying this person, has this, and I want that. And, you know, are we starting to build resentment? Why can't I have this thing? Or is it, I admire this person Mm -hmm. for this trait. And so I love this subject because I I do this one a lot with clients. The, The things that you see and admire in other people are actually already in you. They are things that you value. So you already... You already have it in you. You wouldn't value it if you didn't have it. You wouldn't see it. You wouldn't, you know, uh, look at this person's uh, beautifully sculpted body. Uh, I wish I had that. You have that in you. You value it enough. Do you value it enough to prioritize it in your life, to um, make changes in your life, to allow yourself to uh, embody The lifestyle and and embrace the lifestyle and and be that um that version of yourself you know that's the question so are you uh are you looking up to others and coming up with all of the reasons why they're successful at whatever it is that they're doing and, and developing a victim mindset that says oh i'm just not this way or are you using it as fuel to motivate you and say like, yes, you know, I can do this too. I have this in me, right? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm motivated to, to wake up and do this because this person is inspiring me. Yes. So it's, it's, it's like, almost at the same route, you just you have a different, you're at a crossroads there with how you perceive it.
0: Yeah, I 1000% agree. Um, is it such a bad thing? depends, like no, if like Josh said, you're using it as inspiration, as motivation, as you know, I want to be like that person in this way that you're not trying to be like a carbon copy of that person. Like, yeah, and, and that's yeah. like, and you're taking like that trait and that thing that you are, you know, comparing yourself to, to improve, not because you're like, oh, I got to, you know, I want to be better than them. But if you want to be better than yourself and better than you were yesterday, one of the things. Yeah a lot is don't compare my day five thousand to your day two like that's not the same, and that goes you know for me or for anyone and so um, is it something that yeah, like you're using it for ideas of like Josh said like I like this part about Old I like this part about this little guy it sounds terrible
1: I guess as as people know it's neither of us. <laughs>
0: I mean, I can hold them if you, yeah, if there's any doubt, I can show them on the screen. But, uh, so yeah, if you're using it as motivation, like things that you want to, you know, do and achieve, like, oh, it's cool that that person can do that. I wonder what I can do. Like you said about curiosity, right? Like in that sort of a way to see like what's capable for you as well, then awesome. We love that. We love this, more of this. But yeah, if it's something that you are using that person to keep you addicted to a past version of yourself because you're like i'll never be like them or like you know you said it's something where you are using them to affirm like the kind of person that you aren't or the kind of person that you can't be or the kind of person that you want to but will never be like that kind of a thing then yeah it's a bad thing so it depends on like how you use it which we can apply that to anything right like you know is are carbs bad? No. But if you eat like five loaves of bread a day, probably, (laughs) like, that's not good. (laughs) And so same thing with this. Yeah, like you said, it's like, it's how you use it. Like, are you using it, you know, to improve in a healthy way? Or are you using it to like, keep yourself addicted to this version of yourself? And like, you know, this, this torment, if you will, of how you are continuously like chasing the carrot, right? Like,
1: that's what I have to say about it. You look like you've got more. Yeah, well, so I I think artists and yeah, artists in general are great leaders to look to in this space because um, artists and, and musicians and athletes are constantly, well, looking for role models mm-hmm. that inspire them and motivate them. It's part of The journey it's a it's an ingredient it's an ingredient in your um uh let's think of a okay so it's an ingredient in your chocolate chip cookies recipe right but it if we put only you know too many chocolate chip cookies in in your recipe it's going to ruin the cookies right so you want to have a decent amount of balance think about it like that it's like 20 percent I'm I'm looking to other people for inspiration, but if it takes over and um, and that's my only uh, motivation, then that becomes unhealthy, right? And it starts to hold you back. So um,
0: yeah, if exactly if they yeah. are looking as that or at that as being like the sole thing, like getting your motivation like from an external source, like yeah, we can use it for some inspiration now and again, but you don't want to put someone else, oh my God, like, you need some water. Can you hear
1: that? I, I can hear it. <laughs> I'm sure uh, everyone can hear it. Yeah, that's all good.
0: Um, yeah, so <laughs> you need to be able to give yourself that validation, like community, like we speak, we've spoken about like time again, we'll talk about again. I'm sure Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like we need community at the same time. Yeah, like we need the right community. We need one that supports us to be our best selves and that doesn't make us feel like shit Because they remind us of who we'll never be. Or, you know, who we tell ourselves that we can't be. And so, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Shall we refer to uh, what some shit is that other people wished someone would have told them about getting in? Yes. All right. So we got some good ones. So nobody can help you until you help yourself. Love. Love. Um, Another one. And this is more in relation to shit they were someone who told them about um, being addicted to a past version of themselves. Addiction to your past self is multifaceted, not simplistic. Which I was like, that's yes. You can be addicted to suitable parts of your past, but don't worry about reverting to them. Instead, build upon them, which I think is, you
1: know,
0: yeah. what um, Darius was asking. Like, can you go through withdrawal? And they're like. Yeah, you can be addicted to the suitable past or suitable parts, but um yeah, don't worry about reverting to them. Like instead, use that for your growth. Like get a little bit better. Like if you're good at one thing, like, you know, one oh one like relationships, you're like, Yeah, I'm good at that, let's go to like one oh two. Like let's not, you know, spend time worrying about reverting, um, but building. And then people pleasing shouldn't be the desire to be addicted to your past version of yourself. And so I asked like, what the fuck does that mean? And they were like, when you do things to keep the community, right? Like whenever you do things to um, fit in, if you will, is like what they meant by that. Like it shouldn't be, you know, Mm. you shouldn't do that to your detriment, like just like you shouldn't people please to your detriment um, and keep yourself stuck and small just to like appease others is like what they meant by that.
1: So, yeah. Oh, good. It's like, yes. Don't do that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was good. So that is the shit that you all wish someone would have told you about getting in your own way and being addicted to a version of yourself. Those are the answers to the questions that you had. How do you rebuild self-trust and also, is it so bad to compare yourself to others? And we also answered the question from Darius, is you know it possible to experience withdrawal as you become this new version of yourself? Um, and you start missing that past version of yourself. And so now, what we're gonna do before we wrap up is we're gonna do a little rapid fires questions to get to know Josh a little better. You ready?
1: I'm not ready. No? <laughs> i might no, <know> I'm ready. <laughs>
0: okay, I was like, no. Okay. <clears throat> I say rapid is fire, but no one's really like done them fast. But here yep. we go. What is a life hack you wish you knew sooner?
1: Uh, how to create lasting change in my life. Um, So by, uh, that's not meaningful to anyone, so wish that I knew exactly how to do that by uh, manipulating my relationship with dopamine. So if anyone's read Atomic Habits, um, that's just like a great book full of light packs. Basically, if you want to create healthy habits and get addicted to those healthy habits in your life um how do you do that right
0: mm-hmm. are you cheating the next question is what's an awesome book you wish someone told you about
1: <laughs> i didn't know that was the next question and it's not the same book um it,
0: uh, if you said the body
1: is the I say, but you told me about that so i'm like that doesn't count that's my go-to um another great book find find your why i have it right here i was just coaching on this one this is this this book honestly changed this was the beginning of a huge journey for me um because this this is all about finding your purpose and i think a lot of us are at a loss of like what's my purpose and is that something that you can find through a series of exercises like yes it actually is there's there's science behind how you can do that um and it's tried and true and yes we all have a purpose i promise you that's true just read find your why and finding your why by simon sinek and you'll you'll see <laughs>
0: and you can start if you i mean he did an awesome ted talk that is super popular yeah
1: you can google, a good one to start with.
0: yeah you can just google simon sinek sinek i'm not sure how you say it um yeah google <laughs> simon y and ted and you it will come up i'm sure um but yeah i haven't heard of that book so we will be downloading on that later because that's a new mm. one. we're reading that um so you've actually offered three books so atomic habits the body keeps it yeah. clearly i'm and you
1: have, <laughs> I'm clearly well read
0: <laughs> yeah you're clearly well read so um and finder why so awesome thank you for bonus you get bonus points okay so you did not guess this next one which is name a feel-good go-to thing that everyone needs to know
1: Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, cold cryotherapy mm. so i think quite a few people know about this but it's still getting out there um this is like cold showers and or or hot cold therapy is a real way to do this so you do um like get into a uh a hot tub and then into a cold shower or like a sauna and a cold shower or you could do like a hot shower and an ice bath doesn't matter but just do that first thing in the morning and it is right now um, a lot of leading wellness coaches in the industry insist that this is like the number one healthiest thing that you can do yeah people love this uh, this yes. is the number one thing, healthiest thing you can do for your nervous system. And from there, there's all kinds of overall um, benefits to your health, like better uh, immunity. Uh, but it, you feel really good after. Like, I know I hate cold. Like, that's like one of the things <laughs> that I just do not enjoy about life is, is being cold. But um, But after you do it, it's so worth it. And you feel amazing after, yeah. It's, it's, that's what, uh, uh yeah. It does suck when you first start, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: It does suck, yeah, when you first. That's funny. I didn't know you were so into that. Um, somehow we hadn't talked about that, but yeah, I have been doing that lately because mm-hmm. getting sick. Granted, I know why I got sick last time. I was in a mosh pit with nineteen thousand people. I get it. Like we're not mad. I would do it again, but um, yeah. I've been doing that because I'm like, something's gotta change. And it also is supposed to have immunity benefits as well. And to like help um, with like all different kinds of things. Like it's supposed to just like make your life better because we used to be exposed to this kind of shit. And you know, this kind of shock back in, I say the olden days, but you know, like back whenever we-
1: The nineties. The
0: (laughs) nineties. back whenever like that's that's how we evolved and you know the past few hundred years have really just like slingshotted us forward um before we were really before our bodies have really had time to adjust. And so um yeah this is something that helps you like get back to that and yeah has all of our kinds of benefits. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, Darius, thank you for chiming in and Joe as well. I love the feel of cold ice baths after a half marathon. Oh God, Joe's over here running half marathons and I'm like,
1: You got to do the half marathon first though. That's like,
0: yeah, like 400 meters. My thighs are chafing. I'll just go work out and then take a cold shower. Like I don't half marathon. It's like 13.2, 13.6, anywhere. I don't know. It sounds like my toenails and my thighs do not like it. Um, but more power to you, sir, for doing that. So yes, thank you. Um, Okay, good stuff. So we got a couple more questions. Well, a few more, there's three. So what do you wish all clients knew before working with you?
1: Uh, Okay, so this common theme of like, am I doing this right? Like, are these, you see this in the early stages of, of coaching. And I, I usually have a big smile on my face when I see this happening and I should probably check that, but, uh, I'll, I'll get the, like, uh, is that a good answer or like, is that a right answer when we're doing deep introspective work? And I wish everybody knew that like there, whatever you come up with that we're going to work with is good. Like if you're, if you're just, being open and honest and trusting what you feel in the moment it's kind of like this lightning round of questions just like you you go with it whatever comes up is there for a reason it has meaning and if we just trace that golden thread a little bit backwards and a little bit backwards we're gonna go places and we're gonna find answers so um like there's no there's no right or wrong way to Uh, navigate your way through the maze, so to speak, that is your mind, right? I
0: love that. Thank you for sharing. So that's awesome. Um, Next question. What is something in your life today that you, Josh, get real, real excited about that younger Josh would be like, "Mm -mm, that's embarrassing?
1: Oh, that's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, Um, my... my my whole my whole exercise routine. I was yeah not it, it this my whole life as and this is you'll see this with with clients too right and um this idea where like the things that you value most in life often it's not uncommon that uh that we did not pursue them when we were younger so because we create excuses to protect ourselves from disappointment. So for me, I really value health and fitness. That's one of my top values, health, wellness, fitness. And when I was a kid, I like gym, I aced everything except gym class. I was just not into it. I thought it was stupid. And I did that to protect myself from feeling the disappointment of trying hard and then not being enough and so because i valued it so much right it would have just broke my (laughs) broke little josh's heart to give it his all and then experience failure so he just didn't didn't allow himself to until later in life and now i'm like i i absolutely love um i you know i work out at f45 uh, which is a class uh, studio style workout um and you know, you, you work out with a group of people. And, um, I think I would have been totally embarrassed by that when I was 14 or 17 or whatever. Um, now I thrive in it. I, like, I, I just love that. I love the energy of of working out with other people.
0: Yeah. I love that answer that. So yeah, I never played sports. I think people know that. Um, but yeah i remember one time we were doing that like did you do those like tests in elementary school where it's like how many push-ups can you do and like how far can yes. you box? so i remember i did i don't remember if it was push-ups or pull-ups but i did a lot more than this guy and so i was just you know how many did you get whenever i like got back to like our classes and he was like shut up like he was so pissed and i'm like toxic mess- yeah. <laughs> but <just kidding. laughs> um but i never pursued it and so it's interesting because even though I never, you know, pursued it, I did try out for the volleyball team and did not make it. Um, and I ran cross country for two weeks and I was like, well, shit." it. Um, also, the bus left me because I was so slow one time that like while I was doing the warm up run, they like left to run somewhere else. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Um, so yeah, Jonna did not play sports, but I don't think it was because I didn't, I don't think it was for the same reasons. Um, but even so, I don't think that younger Jonna would look at me now and be like, "Oh, shaking my damn head." I think she would be like, "Yes, bitch." Younger Jana's four. I'm just kidding. She did not. I didn't swear until I was like in college, but um, we make up for it. And and younger younger Jana, younger heel Jana, yeah, she would she would, <laughs> she would throw out some some swears. Um, but yeah, the thing that I, I love that answer, the thing. That's not what I said that I would be embarrassed of. It's like my love of nonstick cookware that my would be like, what is wrong with you? But not the toxic tech, not the Teflon, not the Teflon, like the, the good stuff. Um, oh. But yeah, I do get really excited for nonstick cookware because um, I cook a lot. Darius says F45 is not for the faint of heart. So y'all have a lot in common with F45 and cold showers, <laughs> which we love. So we'll <laughs> yeah, so you could you can go to a workout and take a cold shower, <laughs> like after, I mean, maybe not
1: know the same thing. <laughs> that just went weird places, John.
0: That's not that's not what I meant. That is that is not what I meant, and I apologize to you both. Um, I would I am avoiding eye contact now, so my bad. Uh okay so last one if you, Josh, <clears throat> could tell everyone just one thing, just one, that is some shit you or someone told you, what would it be?
1: Okay. They probably did tell me this. Don't
0: take um, cold showers
1: with strangers. What?
0: Don't take cold showers with strangers. I'm
1: just <laughs> Yeah, no one told me that. <laughs> uh, learned that the hard way. No. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, you, it, this is, it's so simple, but it's, it's so meaningful. It, it, which is just that you are enough. Mm. I didn't know that or grasp that until much later and I don't know if those words will really land for anyone who who doesn't understand how important that is. Um, it's kind of like if you know you know um, you are enough you don't have to prove yourself or validate your worth by doing things right that like we all come into this world with a unique set of gifts and talents and and values for a reason and at the end of the day um there's this there's we love to measure in in corporate america i'll say in 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 the capitalist uh sort of world that we live in we love to measure and, and focus on results which can be good but when you try to measure humans in this way. There's this idea that we're sort of, we grow up with that uh, not everyone's as equal or or as able to contribute. Uh, and that's that's a big lie. Like everybody is on a level playing field with their ability to contribute to society. When you consider that we don't always even, we're not always even aware of how we're influencing and inspiring and touching the lives of others around us. Like we all have a unique role to play. It's enough to just show up and and honor who you are and do the work, right? Like there you don't have to be anything but you to be valuable. Um, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole ass episode of
0: That is a whole ass
1: episode. Something,
0: so. <laughs> coming to an Instagram near you. Yeah, that's a whole awesome. So thank you for sharing. And yeah, I I love that you mentioned, like, you don't know, like, who you are positively impacting. Um, one of my clients recently, well, so a couple of them, because, I mean, you know, we're in the age of social media. And so um, one of them started sharing their story and has, like, gone viral, gotten interviewed on, like, TikTok. She's gone viral on TikTok. She's not interviewed. She's been on podcasts based on her experience, um, and she's been on the show, Tana, uh, with, um, fat camp. Like she, she went to a fat camp when she was younger. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that it's something where oftentimes we don't know because we, we don't want to share these parts of ourselves, but like, I mean, whenever we do, like so many people feel validated in their own experience and in their own existence because you're modeling the behavior to show others that they are enough simply just by being. And so, yeah, I totally love that you, that you shared that. Um, so thank you for doing so. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you you for asking. That was fun.
0: Of course. So where can they find you? What do you have going on?
1: Uh, find me on Instagram and what do we have going on right now? Um, uh, doing my 12-week overcoming anxiety program. Uh, really busy with that. Uh, fully booked for the summer and fall or autumn, depending on what you call that season. in <laughs> your part of the world. Um, but we're... we're looking... What's that? You call it autumn? I don't. I don't know. There's just... Uh, people do, apparently. I don't know where they live. Maybe, like, people in in Vermont, I <laughs> I made that up. I don't know.
0: I didn't mean to interrupt. I was like,
1: no, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, we're fully booked in summer and fall and, uh, now enrolling for the winter. So if you are looking for an intensive, uh, healing and growth program, and, and you've been struggling with, with anxiety, um, of in all its forms, um, uh, Love to hear from you.
0: Very cool. And I will make sure to link Josh. If you're not following him already, you need to get on it. And you can tap right over to his bio by just going to the description and you can connect with him there. Um, Thank you. Like I said, it's always a pleasure. I will continue to say that. I'm excited for our next episode, which apparently we might have just decided what a topic is. Um, So we can get that on the books at some point in the future. Oh, Joe, thank y'all for, thank y'all both for everything. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank Thank you for watching. Thank you for your questions. Um, If this was helpful, if you have not listened to this week's episode, please do share it with someone um, and listen to it for yourself. Listen with a friend. And yeah, if this was helpful as well, make sure to save it, play it back, share it do what you need to do um if you have questions then we are here our doors are open we are coaches that is what we do uh yeah josh has an anxiety program i have a program that um when self-help doesn't help i show you what does and why and how to make it work for you so it's not some cookie cutter like well, just try this it's like an intensive where we work to figure out what works for you um not for your mom not for your dad not for your cousin you Um and so yeah, I've got that going on and I am about to start enrolling for the fall coming up um in about a week or so. So well in about two weeks. So if you're interested, you wanna take on that, you wanna get in, then go ahead and slide them in DMs and let me know. Bye Darius, thank you, take care for as well. It's like for you, take care as well. Um and lastly I do wanna let everyone know that Monday's episode is going to be coming out at eight AM Eastern and we are going to be talking about, um, what are I going talking about? We just recorded it today. And like, my brain is like fried. <laughs> We're going to be talking about, oh, accepting your reality. Accepting, he said, see you in the showers. <laughs> oh God, I apologize. I'm glad that we made a funny from that. We have an inside joke now. I love that. So, um. Yeah, see you in the cold showers, not just the regular showers, see you in the cold showers. So yeah, Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern, dear God, it is time for me to go to bed. Um, We are going to be having the episode, my fellow colleague Bethany and I are going to be talking about um, accepting your reality. And it's a bit of a tough love episode. Um, We talk about what we mean by that. We don't mean settling, just spoiler alert, but we talk about what we do mean by that. And we talk about why it's so hard and what to do it. So do make sure to check that out. Otherwise, thank you all. As always, it's been a pleasure. And I hope y'all have an awesome weekend. And We'll see you on the screens. Bye, y'all. Thank
1: you. See you. Have a great weekend.
0: Thanks. You too.